When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by William Brad Alice, the venerable John Schuster. All right, we have a lot to get to today. Arizona is in a lot of uh, Arizona basketball is not playing well. They are playing very poor. Um, There's a couple things that uh, we need to get to here. First and foremost is Arizona's perimeter defense sucks. At some point in the game, at some point, we can just sit here and say that it sucks. Um, and this is a reoccurring theme. Every team shoots the lights out against him, and it's not like it just seems like it, whether it's Stanford, whether it's Oregon State. The idea of just leaving players open is absurd. The other thing, too, at what point is there going to be any accountability for any of the players on this team? And again, I know that he was playing good defense at the end, but I'm going to keep going back to Kylan Boswell. Kylan Boswell was the worst player on the court this entire game, yet he's in there for the last five minutes. It doesn't feel like there's any accountability whatsoever from Lloyd, um, from defense to player perspective, you name it. William Brad Ellis, you're up. As I was telling you before the start, I don't understand this basketball team. Um, they're too talented to be playing this poorly. Uh, Tommy Lloyd has proven he's a good coach, but they need a shakeup. And I think it is honestly, it's it's probably sitting uh, Boswell and Balo down. Um, you know, you can't point to anything necessarily they did poorly, but they were just they've just been better of late with Bradley on the court. They've been better of late with Crevis on the court. Um, I'm not, you know, and again, I, it's hard to blame KJ Lewis for that final shot. He was right there in the guy, but I I'm do find it, that. That's a tough but, shot. But I also find it curious that you put your freshman on the guy you knew was going to take the final shot. Right. Um, I don't understand how Arizona didn't win this one by 15. I also don't understand how they didn't lose this one by 15. Uh, when they, when Oregon State went up nine, um, I guess at the end of the day, it's some kind of weird justice for the pack two that Arizona will go over on the road. <laughs> It's a weird thing. Arizona is good enough to win a national championship. They could also lose to a 15 seed and the, the, yeah. everything in between. Um, you know, they got a few weeks to figure it out. But to me, I think they need a massive shakeup. That would be my thing. And and I'm thinking, you know, and again, there is just let's say there's some some rumblings about Boswell's some some things going on with Boswell, I know. Um, and I, I think right now I like it better with Jaden Bradley on the court. At what point, Shoe, at what point, too, is there, is there, we've been talking about this now for a while, at what point is there some form of accountability? Um, 
uh, again, it just seems like there's certain players that can just do whatever they want. And guess what? They're still going to play. Kylan Boswell's at the top of that. Boswell has been absolutely useless offensively. Defensively, he hasn't been good either. Why, why does he have to be out there? And why is he why is he promised minutes? And again, we'll get to other players, but he's really kind of the uh, the epicenter of this. Also, ahead, uh, apologies in advance. There's a possibility the voice just in mid talk to the uh, possible pleasure of many of the listeners and viewers out there could just stop. So uh, bear with me if that happens to happen. I'm uh, gonna do my uh, best here. Uh, my voice is sometimes about as uh, consistent as Arizona basketball right now. Uh, I don't, they're just disjoint in a lot of ways. And I, and you're right about, you're right about everything you say in regards to Arizona's negativity. And one of the things I thought was interesting late in the game is that they are now so um, concerned, and this was clearly a coaching thing, so concerned about not losing their man at the three point line that they're, they're, they're completely unaware of where the ball is. There were a lot of opportunities where if they had looked behind them about a foot, there's a good opportunity to make a swipe or something like that that could have led to maybe a transition bucket going the other way. Now, one of their strengths has been taken away from them, and that's the ability to create havoc uh, on the perimeter and therefore get into transition buckets. As a result of that not happening, because now they're so afraid that they're going to lose their man on the perimeter, uh, they don't even, they, they have taken away the ability to get steals. So up and down the roster, you've got a bunch of guys who are struggling. I think teams have just, uh, I, I think to a large degree, teams have completely figured them out. And Arizona is in a position where there's a little, there, the pieces aren't fitting right now. And Boswell seems to be kind of in this phase and, and it's been a phase for a while where, it's like I'm thinking and then I'm thinking again. And then when I think twice, I'm a half step behind everything. And it compounds itself because something works against him. Uh, but, you know, whatever was going on tonight is absolutely inexcusable. And it's inexcusable across the board. Uh, so so it's just and, and one of the things that I'm kind of, I guess, fascinated about here is that Lloyd and the coaching staff doesn't go deeper into the bench. Yes. See, that's the. I'm sorry, Mike. They have an eight-man rotation, and that's it. And it's and and if you want to be try to be a little bit more explosive, and it's almost like they're not conditioned particularly well to have an eight-man rotation either. Uh, so, if you could pick and choose a couple minutes here and a couple minutes there, just go a little bit deeper. Try to buy these these guys a little bit more time uh, to maybe provide yourself with a little bit more consistency when you need it. It seems like uh, those are a variety of things that are going on. This is an absolutely inexcusable performance in a game that it looked like Arizona had completely in control in the first five minutes and they were going to, they were, they were, they were going to just roll with 30 point W. This is becoming, this is becoming a recurring theme at this point. I was all the Stanford game to me was kind of a weird one because again, when you're shooting 16 of 20 from three and uh, I can kind of get wrapped my head around this. This is becoming a problem, though. Washington State is not good. Washington State just wanted it more than Arizona. Oregon State, let's be honest here. Oregon State deserved to win this game. I mean, we're we're Oregon State was the, the deserve deserving victor in this. And I guess my question is, and you guys both keep bringing or bring this up, and it's a great point. 
Is Tommy Lloyd, does he have it in him to shake things up? Is he built like that? Or is it just the nice guy? Well, you know, we'll keep trying. We'll keep, is, and I'm asking, that's not a rhetorical question. I don't know. Do you guys think he has that in him? We don't know. And I think the thing that concerns me is we have seen him not want to do the out of the box move last year, not playing Boswell down the stretch against Princeton. This year, ironically enough, he needs to sit Boswell. I knew Boswell played poorly tonight. I did not realize he was 0 for 3 with 4,002 turnovers. Um, right. And, and, and it's he's just bringing, like he's exp- he'll just be out there still. He's bringing nothing to the table right now. In fact, I was a little surprised Kashad's numbers were as good because I felt like there were two guys you can count on right now, and that's Pella Larson and Caleb Love. And we all know that Love is capable of also going 3 for 18. Uh, but we'll somehow still have 12 points. Um, you know, I like what KJ Lewis brings to the table. I like what Bradley brings to the table, but they're not, they're role players. They're compliments. Um, but maybe that's where you need to be right now, where you have compliments to the Larson and Love show. Um, and again, sometimes Kashad Johnson is going to put up numbers. The fact is, I, at one point, Oregon State was 7 of 10 from behind the arc and i think they finished eight of 11 or eight of 12 because they did have the block one that was blocked but then they had the one that was the game winner they shot 60 percent from behind the arc not stanford numbers but this is a team that shoots 32 percent something's broken they need a shake and, and again i i'm not ready to say you know yeah philly b and, and mariscus are the answer um but maybe you got to see what they can do with their length on the perimeter. I don't know what the answer is because right now this is a team that has stretches of play where they are awful defensively. And that's bizarre to say, considering how good they were the first 12 games of the year. And then something has fallen apart since basically uh, Hanukkah, (laughs) whatever, you know, mid, mid December. Um, This team has been, they're a 500 basketball team, basically. Sure. That that could get a little bit worse. Uh, and and I think what Brad touched on there is uh, one of the issues. I'm not sure anybody has an answer right now. And nothing really fits particularly well, and I think that's part of the problem. We give Caleb Love a pass, but there are a number of times in the course of a game where Love watches stuff happen on the perimeter. Right. And and that's a defensive problem. Boswell, you've all – so, so, so if you've got Love who just kind of seems to – you know, I think a lot of the complaint about love on the offensive end, and I don't know if this is necessarily accurate or not, uh, is that players t- seem to fall into a routine about of watching what will Caleb Love do on the offensive end. Isn't on that the on Tommy Lloyd end, to rectify that, though? The, no, everything we're talking about is on Tommy Lloyd to rectify. Uh, but on the defensive end, you have Love, who I think just watches the play sometimes and kind of half-asses it. So if you've got Love, who occasionally does that, Boswell, who's struggling on the defensive end, uh, Ballo, who's not a good defender because, you know, it's just not how he's heavy-footed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, So now you've figured out a way, you know, if you're another team, you can say in your scouting report, you can attack him. You can take advantage of that guy when he's lazy on the perimeter. They're going to be be late in their follow-up defense. Uh, and, uh, you know, imagine what Oregon's going to do two nights from now where they just spread the floor and let Dante beat Ballo off the dribble. Right. Uh, you know, this is, so so it's going to be uh, – this is – yeah, we're in – we're beyond wake-up mode, and I'm not sure 
you know, there's there's a lot more going on than Boswell is awful. Uh, but, you know, trying to figure out where the pieces fit is hard to figure out. And I think part of the issue is I feel like that Lloyd isn't comfortable trying to play the press on a more consistent basis, kind of like he did against UCLA in the second half, just to try to utilize. And I get that coaches don't like to press. They don't like to press because it frustrates them that they give up easy buckets occasionally on the other end. But Arizona may need to try something like that just to utilize its length and athleticism on the perimeter. And if they do that, the follow-up problem then becomes they probably have to go deeper on the bench to make that happen just so that they don't uh, you know, run into conditioning issues uh, with the players on the floor who are going, uh, you know, who are who are expending themselves at a high level uh, for a lengthy amount of minutes. All right, we're going to get to that Oregon game here because, again, that I don't feel great about that one at all. But let's first get to the Desert Financial Credit Union. Uh, well, first of all, Desert Financial Credit Union. When you open a free checking account online, get $200 in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. Maybe I'll open one. I just got $13,000 for my oh. stolen Kia. Oh, did you now? <laughs> all right, now let's go to the Desert Financial Credit Union. Buy the numbers. Uh, Arizona's number one credit union named by Forbes. All right. This is the recipe for a loss. Um, 60% to 21%. And let me go, let me ask you guys this. Why do team, does Tommy Lloyd's, why, why, why do teams just seemingly just shoot incredibly well against Arizona? Is this a, what's going on here, fellas? What do you see? Oddly enough, I feel like this is something we've been dealing with since about, I don't know, when did Loot retire? Because I feel like this was the problem under uh, Miller, too, especially towards the end. It's just this team has been getting torched now uh, for months, for a month at least. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know if it's effort. I don't know if it's personnel. It's probably a combination of all three. Um, but if you look at that, Arizona shot 50% from the field. And lost again so did i get it so did oregon state but when arizona shoots 50 percent of the field i can't think they've lost too many basketball games in the last 30 years um it's frustrating it's because again arizona stormed out of the gate and it looked like this thing was over and then you know oregon state just kind of hung around and it was eight to ten for a while and i kind of looked down was eating some food looked up and it was a four-point game i'm like hmm and from there on, it was a back-and-forth ball game. And it was somewhere, what, about the six-minute mark of the first half, and Oregon State was the better team the rest of the way. Um, and they look like, to me, they have two guys. Uh, yeah, but maybe that's, that's Arizona, right. too. Maybe Arizona has two guys right now. It's, you know, again, they shot the lights out. And that's whatever you have to do. Whether that means you have to go zone, whether that means you have to go length on the perimeter, whether that means you have to uh quit switching i don't know what it is um but but at some point tommy lloyd steve robinson and all those guys got to go and start working on the x's and o's uh got to figure out who their guys are to do because it's all perimeter right now stanford won because they shot the lights out ucla shot the lights out and then just fell apart uh, because they should have lost to ucla let's admit it for sure um you know and, and what ucla shoot in the first half 80 percent from behind the arc um, that's the problem. At the end of the day, it's not effort. It's not slap. I mean, Arizona scored 80 points. 
They shot 50. They didn't shoot particularly well from behind the arc, um, but they didn't take that many. They took, what, 12? Um, you got to figure out this perimeter defense. And if you can do that, then a lot of other things will start to right in the ship. Um, otherwise, yeah, this team's not going anywhere. Everybody's making this point. It's a great point because you guys are all smarter than me. Why doesn't Ballo dunk the ball ever? I can't. This can guy, he jump? There's a lot of Ed Stokes in him, though, and that I can't count between Ballo and Ed Stokes. And granted, Ballo's better than Ed Stokes, but these guys have to be the all-time it, leaders. Is is he? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think so He's too. Better than Ed Stokes. Stokes yeah. is maligned, and Stokes is just. Eh. I mean, Stokes was like a nine rebound guy at one point late. Um, no, I'll tell you the problem is he's got some of Stokes's effort, but he's got um, Isaiah Fox's body. Yeah, I mean, he's just that, he's, he's two hundred eighty pounds. It's hard to jump. Yeah, and, and again, he looks fatter than he did last year. Um, he looks fatter than he did at the beginning of the season. <laughs> right. I just, uh, but again, that's my, I'm, I'm almost, at, I'm almost at a loss. I, the big men that don't try to dunk the ball, drive me up a wall. And I know that Ballow, Ballow to me is the guy that puts up good numbers, but when you watch it, it, it like you'll see games where he has 19 and 16 or something. And it certainly doesn't feel like it's 19 and 16 shoe. Am I just being dramatic, Mike? See, I, well, there, there's obviously a lot to be frustrated about. I think Ballo is, to a large degree, the least of Arizona's problems. Yeah. You know what you're getting in regards to that. And I think the way that it's supposed to work with Ballo is that Arizona's inside game wears you down for 30 minutes in the last 10. He can kind of take over, and you're going to get easy buckets through him. Uh, when when things aren't going particularly well, that's when you know Arizona gets itself into some trouble. Like, for instance, they – and I don't mean to – this isn't – this isn't harping on love here. Again, I've said this on this post game a number of times. Mike, you've brought this question up a couple times. You know, is Arizona just kind of looking around at Caleb Love? Is that a love problem or is that a everybody else on the roster problem? I think it's maybe a both problem. You know, you, ought to, you need to be moving the ball around a little bit. I think what we're seeing to some degree on the inside is how much Tabellus meant to this team. In his ability yeah, to just yeah, be able yeah, to, you know, yeah. his his ability to be a passing inside guy really helped. And it gave Arizona two, you know, opportunities in that regard. You also have this team tonight felt like they set a record as far as missing dunks was concerned, uh, which obviously doesn't help. And little things like that in a game like this, you're almost laughing at it at the time because Arizona was in control. They're up eight. They're up 10. Should have won this game by 20 or 30 tonight. So missing those dunks shouldn't have been a problem, but it's one of the little things that came back to them because they ultimately couldn't play defense. And the I I I think there's probably this, and I hope the coaching staff isn't going to say this because I think there's some analytics belief that you know what these teams are just going to regress to the mean. No, that's you all know, crap. Stan, you're right. No, no, no. You're right. It is crap. <laughs> and 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 I'm hopeful they don't say that. Because what you get at the college level is, sure, Oregon State th shoots 32% from the floor. But if you get into a rhythm and you allow a team to get into a rhythm, you can have a good night. And Stanford can have a good night. And, and too many teams now have had too, ha have done too well uh, from beyond the arc for this to now be analytics coincidence. Uh, so, you, you know, Arizona has a lot of issues defensively that it has to deal with. And I think even though Brad talked about how Arizona scored 80 points tonight, they were 
into the high 60s and low 70s up until about a minute and a half to go when they had to get hectic. So maybe it's a team that needs to try to get hectic to some degree and play with a little bit more desperation here and there. And again, if they do that, I know that that's an uncomfortable position to be in, but you've got to go deeper into your bench to try to make that happen. A couple minutes here and a couple minutes there because you don't want to wear your guys out down the stretch. And that I think you are, you know there are many issues for a team that, what, five games into the year we looked at and said, holy crap, look out. They don't have a whole heck of a lot of problems. Now all of a sudden we're looking at a team that doesn't fit. All right, now let me ask you this. I think there's a real question that we are not uh, – that's actually you – no, know, need more headbands. That's very good, Shelby. Um, do you think that there's been a lack of Circle K in these guys' lives? I think it's pretty I fair think it might be too much Circle K because that's, that's too much of a good thing. It's yeah, way too much in moderation. That's a good point. Now, how many of these guys do you think are part of the inner circle? Not nearly enough right now. I mean, that's the problem. Join Inner Circle for free by <laughs> downloading the Circle K app. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. All right, and Illegal Pete's. When was last? Have, have you Schubert anybody to Illegal Pete's lately, John Schuster? Uh, yeah, I have. All right. Well, you know, were these cool people? Oh, of course they were. They're going to Illegal Pete's. They Schubert with me, and they went to Illegal Pete's. All right, check it out. Ring in the new year with Illegal Pete's weekly deals. Kick the Monday blues with $3 margaritas all day long or ease your way back into the week with $2 tacos every Tuesday. Do your work. Uh, do you work in healthcare or education? Take your uh, team to lunch. Um, uh, yes, yes, Jacob Franklin. Take your team to lunch at Illegal Pete's every Tuesday and enjoy buy one, get one free entrees. And don't forget to unwind after a long day at their uh, happy hour, 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. Illegal Pete's, you, your go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer. Jacob Franklin always tells me, you don't need to read my texts on air. You don't need to read all of this stuff on air. <laughs> Jacob Franklin, we think outside the box here. We do read your texts on air, although I'm not going to read that one. Um, are we a football school? I mean, you know, I will say I am excited for football. I am going to have a rant about uh, Robbins and Hickey at the end of this show, um, but we need to get back to this. Now you got Oregon coming up. Um, I think Oregon's the best team in the conference. I know that they uh, – I think they have the uh, – uh, when they're healthy right now, I think they're the best team in the conference. Uh, uh, Dante is the best big man in the conference. Um, they've got a lot of dudes that can get downhill. This could be a really rough game for Arizona. They need, this was the game that you were hoping you could bank. And so you could go into the Oregon game with house money. You don't have that anymore. You got to win this game. I mean, yeah, I mean, we knew Oregon was going to be good if they could make all those pieces fit and, and credit Dana Altman. It seems to be working and they're getting healthier. Um, in many ways, they're peaking at the right time when Arizona has regressed. And uh, yeah, I'm reading the comments down the side. Crevis, I mean, not Crevis, uh, Creesa. Look, the fact of the matter is, you guys are right. Boswell is not the same guy he was at Duke. And that's the problem. He has regressed. Balo has regressed. Um, you could argue maybe the whole team has regressed with the exception of KJ Lewis and Jaden Bradley, who are just getting more minutes. Not, not enough more minutes. Um, but that's what you got to figure out. Why is Kylan Boswell playing poorly? I mean, it's Does not even like Boswell look like he's put on weight to you. Yeah, and again, I've I, <laughs> without getting into it, I've heard he's just enjoying the college life too much. I've heard the same thing. I've seen the same thing. I and I know people who've seen the same thing. And at at some point, you have to decide what's important. Um, there are guys who could do that. 
the, the, the stories of Richard Jefferson and Luke Walton and Jason Gardner running rampant on this campus. I still hear a new story. Michael Jordan could part. Michael Jordan could drink and gamble until 3 a.m. and he was going to be there whenever it was. But here's the other thing, though. There's also I'm, and this is, might sound. I'm not sure 18 year old Michael Jordan could have done that. Um, yeah. A lot of you know, there's there's something to be said about being a fully grown man. The fact of the matter is, he's not the same player he was. The fact of the matter is, Balo doesn't look like the same guy, and. The only guy who I think, honestly, maybe the only guy who's gotten noticeably better over the course of the season is Larson. Because I think Love's essentially the same guy. You, Larson, you know yeah, we got to give Larson a lot of credit. And, and you know what? I'll even say this. I think Kashad has gotten less consistent as the year yeah. has gone on. He had a pretty good game tonight. Um, and that's what you have to figure out. You can't have three guys having off nights. Um, although you should be able to. No, and again, we have some Oregon State fans here. You should be able to against Oregon State, and they couldn't. Um, so would it surprise me if they go in and lose by 15 to Oregon? No, they could also figure it out like they did against the two mountain schools and go and blow some doors. I don't know. I'm not betting on it. Um, you know, I forget who's, uh, whoever your, your sponsor is with the free play this week. Uh, I don't think I'd involve Arizona. Um, but that's my frustration. And again, maybe Lloyd's trying, you know, we, we accuse Lloyd of not doing, maybe he's trying to push a bunch of different buttons. They're just not working. Um, and, and that will be a shame if they can't figure it out. Cause again, as much as some people on the side here are going to disagree, this is a super talented team. It is. Um, they've got a lot of different pieces. Mr. Tyler Warden. Great, great. Tyler Warden. You need to tweet this out and tag me in it so I can retweet this. I would have never come up with this myself, but this is spot on. This is, this is the problem. It feels like 60. <laughs> it feels like it actually right. it feels like it's lower than that. Um, yeah. but Tyler Warden, tweet this out if you will, and then tag me in it so I can also take somewhat credit, even though it's clearly you. 47%. You're not gonna win games that way, man. Seriously, it doesn't matter who you're playing. And Arizona's lost to some poo teams. Oregon State's a poo team. Stanford's not good. And but guess what? If you let them shoot 50%, that's the way it is. Boom. I said yeah, like I mean, the, the three-point shot's the great equalizer, and that is in March. And that's the biggest, I think, concern. Uh, for this team is you're going to get some team and you have a bunch of guys who look like they should be playing ultimate Frisbee on the quad and they're going to go shoot 64% from behind the arc and Arizona is going to have an early exit. Sure. Right now you don't even need some team. There are a lot of teams out there that right now you feel a heck of a lot more uncomfortable about you lose more or less at Purdue. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, shouldn't have lost probably any of the other games on the schedule, but you, you know, Washington state on Washington state's decent. They, they've got some matchup issues that I think don't benefit Arizona particularly well, especially on the front line. And, and those are situations that can exploit, you know, Ballo's circumstances. Uh, so, you know, maybe that's a tough one. The other ones are largely inexcusable, including Florida Atlantic, which I think was another game that Arizona jumped out to a huge lead and let get away. Uh, so now you have a wildcat team that looks like it's good for about five minutes and then levels off for 25 and, and makes things a lot more difficult on themselves than they could for the final 10. Yeah. All right. Now, another thing you mentioned the bet MGM sports app, William Brad Alice. Um, let's be honest here. 
You probably not. If you're looking to win money, you're probably not betting. You're probably not back in the A right now. You'd probably be back in Kansas City. Kansas City with William Brad Alice, right? Their long-suffering Chiefs fan, William Brad Alice. <laughs> Bet MGM Sportsbook app. Check it out, my friends. Again, you will thank me later. Sign up for Bet MGM. Jacob Franklin, put it up. You will uh, use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app. For at least $5, you will receive $158 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out show notes for details. And now let's hear Damon with the disclaimer. Promo code 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope 4673 New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. This promotional offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. All right. I'm going to ask you the question, though, again, because I actually think it's a rare good question, and it's something that every now and then I will uh, that I will bring up when I can. Um, does Tommy Lloyd have it in him to make tough decisions? Does he have it in him to bench somebody? Does he have it in it to shake the lineup? Oh, and, does, and not just sure. a cursory, like, oh, I'm just not going to play somebody for three minutes and then bring him right back in, but to actually change the structure of what's going on. The other thing that does bother me just a little bit, and then you guys have the court floor, a court floor, whatever <laughs> you want, field, is that it does feel like players are more out of shape. It looks, Ballo looks bigger than he did to start the season. So does Kylan Boswell. At the end of the day, to me, that's also a coach can't let that happen. You guys go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think all of that is, uh, you, you know, I think those, those are very, Arizona from a conditioning standpoint uh, looks like, we've talked, I think, on, on this show a few times about what appears to be a lack of effort, effort in a team that's relative, that, that appears to be lethargic. Well, effort leads toward you being late on three-point perimeter defense, and effort leads to you standing around on the offensive end. What are two things that have Arizona that, that Arizona's done a lot over the course of the last, what, four, five, six weeks now? Both of those things. So you can make the case that, you know, there are perhaps conditioning issues on this roster. So, so while I'm talking about how Arizona needs to maybe expand its defense a little bit and go deeper in the bench to try to give these guys an opportunity, I might be shrouding the reality that whatever the conditioning issue may be, they're not able to go 36 minutes uh, to the level that they ultimately need to to get Arizona to where we think they're capable of going. So I think, uh, you know, I think there's reason to believe whether you see it physically in a Boswell, whether you see it physically in a Ballo. Uh, and again, to Ballo's point, he seems to try to get up and down the floor. You know, at least there's an effort there, I feel like. But, uh, you know, there there are things that are noteworthy uh, in, in, in regards to how Arizona is playing on both sides of the floor, which lend itself to the theory that maybe there's a conditioning issue going on here. For you, Brad Alice. Yeah, I mean, if it is, it's not part of the strength of conditioning program because we've seen rounds has been here and conditioning has never been an issue. So it's got to be something different. And I'm not saying it's, it's not lifestyle but choices. But they look different, though. They do. I, they, they, look kind of, they look kind of – I mean, a point guard shouldn't look pudgy. He looks pudgy. He looks low bloated, yeah. And there are certain, you know, things that can make you bloat. And, again, right. I don't want to throw the kid on the bus. But they're, they're college students, and college students partake in activities. And that's all I'm going to say right now. But – um but yeah, now it's incumbent on Lloyd. And if it means sitting down and having heart to hearts with these guys and um, 
again, there are certain guys who it doesn't matter. They can eat the McDonald's quarter pounders and they can drink beer and they can, uh, you know, stay up till 4 a.m. They can, you know, go out to parties and it didn't affect them. And there's other guys who have to watch every single thing they put in their body. Um, I remember, what was it? Buttinger. When he remember Buttinger just kind of lost a step at the beginning of his freshman year and admitted he had to change his diet. Um, you know, other guys have had to change their diet, have had to change their lifestyle. And maybe some of these guys. Yeah, this is this is the great. By the way, do, need to go I carnivore, these, go go keto, like uh, one of these guys. I am one of these people. I can eat like crap, and guess what? I'm not going to gain fat. It just is what it is. It'll probably be a point when when I, that doesn't catch up with me. But right now, I can do it. There's a lot of I know a lot of people though that can't do that, and you've got to know your body type. Exactly, William Brad Alice. You said it, not me. Um, but uh, yeah. But man, you agreed with that instantaneously, Mike Luke. No, what's no, no, no. And, and, and I'll say out this. and they, I'm I'm the kind of guy who, when I was lifting heavy and 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 and, I had to eat a bodybuilder diet to be not fat. Um, to to be honest, I mean, you know, I I I can't. You know, people are like, oh yeah, it's just a slice of bread and some rice. No, I had to like basic, yeah. You know, I always joke the day I met my wife, I was 9% body fat and 168 pounds. And I haven't seen that since we've been together 25 years. Um, I'm not the kind of guy who can mow down three pieces of pizza and I could go play hockey pretty well, but I can't go run. Um, and there are guys like that. And you need to, and, you know, you need to have some frank conversations because, you know, people were talking Kyle and Boswell going to the NBA. And that's exactly the point because He's, now you're playing yourself out of it. If this is what's happening, uh, you know, I don't think Umar Bala was an NBA player, um, but he's playing his way out of high-level European leagues, maybe. Um, All right. I'll tell you what. Let's talk about something better because I might hurt hearts. Let's talk about something best. Let's let's end on a good note here. Arizona football. Arizona football uh, is returning eighty about almost eighty five percent of the players that they could. It looks like Jacario Davis is coming back. So really, the only big losses that looks like they're going to lose in the transfer portal. Jonah Coleman left, and Ephesians Prysock. We'll, we'll figure out with that one, but I'm not. Although it sounds like. I, I know Shears reporting it's not done with price. It's not yet. done exactly. So Arizona could theoretically just lose Jonah Coleman to Washington, and you would be looking at at least a top fifteen roster. Yes, please sign me up. Thanks. Oh, and Isaiah Ward, sign me up. Uh, you know, if you look at it though, and here's the thing: Jonah Coleman's great. Jonah, I love Jonah. He's a running Coleman. back though. You know what? There's two guys on the market right now. One's visiting this weekend. The kid. Yep. I mean, he's eight hundred yard guy from San Jose State. The running back from New Mexico is suddenly on the market. And I don't know if he and Bobby Gonzalez have a relationship, but that kid's 1,400 yards. Um, and there's two hybrid defensive linemen coming in from San Jose State. And I know people like, oh, they're you know, Mountain West. Well, guess what? Uh, I forget the, 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 the skinnier of the two, the pure rush end. Had a sack and a half Trey, against USC and Trey, 11 tackles. Trey Smith. He's from Mesa. Trey Smith, yeah. And he had 11 and a half tackles against uh, Oregon State and USC. Um, so those are easily played out finding that other corner. Cause they really probably need two corners, um, because they lost the kid from Indiana as well. That was kind you of, got a Stukes, you got Takario Davis, but yes, yeah. yeah, you know, and I like G seven, but I don't know if he's a full time, uh, coverage corner, but the fact is they retain most of this roster. Um, I really like the staff. The only guy I wanted from San Jose state that they 
are not bringing in is White, the linebacker coach, who was a heck of a recruiter when he was at UCLA. The irony is he could still wind up at Washington, I guess, but he's probably going to go to the NFL. I know he interviewed with the Jets. Um, this was the best case scenario. You get the guy who they probably should have hired three years ago. And again, I'm not one of these. Jed Fish did great for Arizona. He left in a horrible way, but he rebuilt this program. Right. Um, but you bring in Brennan, who I think at worst is going to match his record that he had at San Jose State at Arizona and, and has potential for more. You keep Dwayne Aquina. Although I kind of wanted the guy from UNLV, I really like Dino Babers coming back. Um, the Bobby Gonzalez move is is very intriguing. And you bring back these guys, and you probably have a poly uh, pipeline. And, you know, they're also, is Arizona one of the only schools in the country with two, you know, and it's weird because, but pe uh, people of color and in coordinator positions. You have a Polynesian defensive coordinator, you have an African American offensive coordinator. Hawaiian count is Polynesian. I don't know. I, you consider he, Dwayne Aquina Polynesian? I don't know if he, I don't know his full background. Is he just Hawaiian? Either way, he's got that connection to the islands. Fair enough. Um, you know, which is it's a cool thing because you you can reach out into very different communities for recruiting. By all accounts, Alonzo Carter might be one of the best recruiters at Arizona since uh, who was the guy uh, under under Dante uh, Williams? Dante Williams. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what this staff does, and I'm intrigued about it. And at the very least, the best part about it is you don't have to rebuild. He comes in. We're gonna find out really quick. He kind of comes he in with, or not. He's got a nice roster. It's like we, it's like when these these guys inherit a million dollars. Everyone talks about how they're self-made man. Um, right. Brennan's or inheriting like about the best situation he could. Dollar loan that you were able to. Uh, like, yeah, you know it's yeah he's you know um, he he's 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 got two steps ahead of where Jed was, where someone was, uh, right. where Stoops was. I, now, I do want to rant on something real quick, though. I do very much. Um, it bothers me a great deal what happened to Dave Hickey. I think Dave Hickey did a very good job as the athletic director. I like Dave Hickey a great deal. Everybody knows that um, he's leaving a top uh, 10, 15 basketball team, a top 10, 15 football team. And the financial issues at the U of A do not come back to Dave Hickey. They come back to the man at the top. That And again, if you saw the uh, what uh, the governor of the state of Arizona said when she put out today that basically this is an unsustainable situation and she doesn't have any faith that Robbins can fix this. This was a Robbins issue. This is not a Dave Hickey issue. And I know that there's a lot of people in the union, uh, the teachers union at the U of A that are upset that Dave, he uh, that the athletics uh, spending went up. I totally get all of that. Dave Hickey being the fall guy for all of this is just nonsense. He should not be the fall guy. He did a good job. And again, this whole thing about how, you know, there was all this wild spending and all of this in the athletic department. It's weird how when that, that audit came out, they didn't release any numbers. And at that ABOR meeting today, they didn't really say anything other than we think we can get this fixed. Um, you got to pay for success. Arizona got it. I hate seeing a good dude be the fall guy for something that, um, uh, quite frankly, is above his pay grade. And if, uh, you know, and if Robbins gets out of this one while people under him get fired, I don't think that that's right. John Schuster, go ahead, say uh, whatever you want. Okay, I shall. Um, you know, I think if you're looking, if, if there, if other people in administrations believe the same way about Dave Hickey that you do, 
then Dave Hickey's going to be just fine. He's going to get a job at a Big Ten school. He's going to get a job at an SEC school because they're going to say, you know what, this is the guy who, uh, you know, uh, fixed all that FBI stuff, hired Lloyd, hired Fish, uh, and, you know, and has to deal with the Board of Regents. So you, you get him out of the state of Arizona, you get him into a Big Ten thing where he's got $20 million a year more to deal with or an SEC uh, situation where he's got $20 million a year from a broadcast right standpoint to deal with. Well, if, if they think like Mike Luke does, it would not surprise me to see uh, Hickey become an athletic director in one of those two conferences. And, uh, you know, that that remains to be seen. That said, I think if you look at it generally, if you had asked me two weeks ago, and and it's the same thing I said about Fish. You know, Fish left the program better than he found it, which to yeah. a large degree is what you want from your coach if when there's a sep, sep, separation. Two weeks ago, I would have said the same thing about Hickey. Now, whether you want to blame Robbins or whether you want to blame... Now, uh, again, again, let's not... I'm, I, I, let me backtrack here a little bit. We all understand that Robbins is trying to save his ass. We all understand that in the process, he's probably going to fire a bunch of people below him. He's already tried to scapegoat two of them. One who has a cush job because for whatever reason, that that's what universities do. And I guess Hickey's getting the entirety of his salary too uh, for the remainder of his contract because that's what universities do. Um, Anderson at ASU does the same thing. It's a process I don't understand. Other people can explain it better than I can. Uh, but nevertheless, we get what Robbins is trying to do. Robbins is trying to roll anybody under the bus that he possibly can, and more heads are probably going to roll. And hopefully, eventually, likely eventually, Robbins is going to be, uh, you know, escape. You know, Robbins is going to be suffering as well, but his suffering is the wrong word. He's going to lose his job. He's going to be in pain and he's agony, gonna, withering on the concrete. Yeah, he's going to lose his job. <laughs> but in the process of losing his job, uh, in air quotes, He's still going to get whatever buyout he gets, which is every penny of whatever his salary ultimately is, because that's the nature of the university system. So, you know, that is the situation. But, you know, whoever you want to put the blame on here, you know, the reality is that Hickey's your athletic director or was your athletic director and you had a money situation. And the and one of the things that I think is fascinating beyond that here, and and it's kind of the weirdest lesson I take out of all of this is how fast it can unravel. A month ago, Arizona athletics was in great shape. You had a great football coach who was coming back off a big bowl win, one of the top seed, what top five seasons in at least modern school history. You had a basketball program that was ranked number one. Yeah, there, there were so many good, everything felt good, and you could laugh at ASU. And a month later, whether whether it's accurate or not, every team that is up, every coach that's up against Arizona for the next five years in every sport, let's say, and, and let's use some some of the Big 12 schools as an example. Let's say, you know, you got a player who's going to, you, you know, who's looking at Arizona, ASU, Utah, TCU. And every one of those other three schools are going to say, you know, yeah, Arizona's a good school, but, you know, $240 million in debt, and they've got to cut back in that athletic de department. doesn't even matter if the number's right. But every recruit's going to hear that because of Arizona's situation. And, and every coach at Arizona now 
is going to have to fight their way through that in addition to some of the other issues that the school has to deal with. When beyond that, because of the Big Ten and because of the SEC broadcast deals, they are $20 million down from day one every fiscal year. And now they have to deal with coaches talk at other schools talking about this as well. Arizona is going to have to be imaginative from this point on to recruit on the level that we expect and the fans expect to be as successful as we continue to hope. All right, I'm going to leave you guys on this note. This is Tommy right, Boyle. Hey, can I get to right, chime right, in real quick? Go ahead, William. Sorry. Um, I will tell you this, Mike, and I know you have a good relationship with Hiki, and I, for the most part, have heard nothing but good things. I will say this. I got a text during at, right after Brendan was hired. Um, that some people in the athletic department were critical of Hickey's handling of whatever went on while they were stuck in Pullman. I texted the person back. I said, is it enough to, is he in trouble? They said, no, but he won't be renewed. Obviously he was in trouble. I think at the end of the day, here's why Dave Hickey is not your athletic director. It's two things. One, I think he did mismanage the COVID year a little bit, but I'm not sure there was no blueprint. Here is the real reason he is not the athletic director. He believed Jed Fish. From my understanding, and maybe you have different information, Jed Fish was presented a handshake deal back in November that he took, but he wanted, quote unquote, money for his assistance, which was going to take some time. He pushed off signing anything and said, and and they were fine with that because of the ABOR. At some point over that weekend, Dave Hickey or someone close to Hickey asked Jed Fish if he was interested in Washington. He said no, so Hickey got on that plane to Pullman, Washington. Had he known that Jed Fish was going to interview with Washington, he probably would have stayed. And would it have changed anything? Probably not. But at the end of the day, I think Robbins blames him for losing his guy. But and, see, that's where I don't And I, and I think he, and again, is it right? I don't think so. But because yeah. again, there's no massive. He didn't buy a mink coat for every putty in that leg department. I, I, in, in a vacuum, I would agree with you, but this is a guy that has micromanaged everything in the athletic department from day one. I don't believe for a second that he didn't have anything to do that. Robbins all of a sudden is now distancing himself from the situation that he didn't. I, I think, but I think that's it. I think at the end of the day, Arizona couldn't match for Washington. Arizona he's trying just, to save his own ass, yeah. and he's blaming Hickey for losing his guy. I think right. that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, uh, real quick, uh, let's see here. Here's what Tommy Lloyd said, and then we're going to sign off. But first, oh, game time, game time, game time. Uh, uh, let's see here. Game time. Let's say that you can't get into that packed Gill Coliseum, and it's packed to the gills. Um, <laughs> uh, download the game time app. Create an account and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download game time today. All right, here's Tommy Lloyd in the presser. Um, here's what, or here's what he said to Brian Jeffries, the goat. I take responsibility for everything. So, you know, our defense, uh, just hasn't been good. I don't know what they shot tonight. I don't have my glasses, but it's not good. I have a lot of belief in what we're doing. We've had some highs and we've had some lows, so we've just got to keep battling and come out of it. We're built for tough times. I can't wait to get back and try again tomorrow. I.e., we're not changing anything. We're hoping you will continue, you will start missing shots. That's what I took from that. What do you guys say? Maybe I'm an idiot. Brad, go ahead. I don't know. I mean, he's it's a reaction right after the game. Let's see if he sleeps on it, and let's then let's see what let's see what we see Saturday. Do we see a change in the starting lineup? Do we see a change in the defense? Uh, do we see a change in Tommy's demeanor? Um, you know, 
We've all done these shows. I mean, we're, we're close enough to it. We've done these shows for years. Emotions run high. A lot of times, Mike, you've done the post game show and then come back and you and Kev used to do a show on Monday and you've changed your opinion a few times, right? right? Um, so let's see what happens when Tommy Lloyd wakes up tomorrow and has to start scheming for Oregon and has to look at these guys at a hotel, probably where I don't know where they're staying, Portland, Corvallis, Eugene. I don't know. And let's see. Um, because I don't know, we don't have enough traffic. We have not seen this kind of poor play by Arizona over this long a stretch in the Tommy Lloyd era. John Schuster, close it out. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, I think what it sounds like there a little bit is that Lloyd generally believes in his system in the long-term game. And that's sort of what he's trying to play here. And he figures that eventually things are going to work themselves out. I think he coaches that way during the course of the game. You keep doing the same thing over 40 minutes. It might not look good in minute 32, but eventually you're going to get it done. And in the end, you're going to be able to prevail, which more often than not has been effective for his system and, and uh, where his coaching stint was previously. But now you are in a, in, in a curious era where things obviously aren't going particularly well and people have you figured out and you need to improve from an effort standpoint. And that, I think, is one of the overall frustrations here. It's not about Arizona's you know, la general lack of defense. It's about an Arizona team, again, that feels lethargic oftentimes up and down the roster. And, and, and even in the course of games, for instance, Larson looked really good for the first five minutes of the game, almost looked dominant. Johnson was in control for the first five minutes, and then they kind of level off a little bit. And there aren't other guys to pick them up during the course of uh, a game or a situation or whatever the case may be. Arizona, you know, again, when we watched this team early in the season, they were a lot more bouncy, a lot more athletic, a lot more engaged. And now over the course of 40 minutes, they're not. And that's got to be rectified or Arizona's clearly in trouble because tournament teams that are high seeds don't lose at Corvallis and Palo Alto and Pullman. All right. All right. On that note, everybody out there, we appreciate you. You're all smarter than me. Maybe not smarter than Shu or Brad, but you're certainly smarter than me. Oh, we got to get the super snap in real quick. Hold on. We got a super snap in. Um, Hold on. These guys pay good money for these things. Hold on. Where's the super snap? Okay. Mike, can we get a mom spaghetti verse? You got it. His palms are sweaty from mom spaghetti. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom spaghetti. He's nervous and ready, but when he looks, he sees mom spaghetti. I can keep talking about mom spaghetti. All right. On that note, for the uh, William Brad Alice, the venerable John Schuster, the great. I'll pay you $3 next time not to. <laughs> All right. You can re you raise that $2. For the great Jacob Franklin, I am merely Mike Luke. We will be back with you. You've been listening to the AC Wildcats podcast. Thanks again. We all silly like the mayor. 